0: Welcome to the Horton Group's One Thing Podcast. I'm Robin Bettenhausen, and I'm here with
1: Tom Kalline
0: and our esteemed guest, Eric Holtra. So, Eric, I don't know if you know this about me, but when I was in, I think it was sixth grade and I was going to a small private school, I had the opportunity to meet Ruth Ozinga. She actually was a leader for me and probably seven or eight other girls in the school and completely sort of changed and shaped my life in her advice that she gave us and helped me grow personally and also spiritually. So that makes me even more excited about today getting to learn a little bit more about the Ozinga Foundation and how you're really honoring the legacy of Ruth and Marty and others. So Eric, tell us a little bit about yourself and also about the Ozinga Foundation.
2: Thanks Robin and uh, thanks Gordon for having me here. It's, uh, it's great to be here and I view it as a privilege to represent Ozinga. And uh, I, myself, went to Timothy Christian High School. From there, I went to Trinity Christian College in Palos Heights, Illinois, which was the first time I heard the Ozinga name. When you park on campus, one of the first things you see is the Ozinga Chapel. You know, it's kind of like, oh, who's that, you know? And kind of wonder, okay, maybe I'll meet some of them. And uh, sure enough, there were two Ozingas at Trinity when I was there for a short time. And uh, the, the backstory there is their grandfather, the current owner's grandfather's. Was on the original board of trustees to help start the school. They thought it'd be um, very needed and valued to have a Christian college in the Southwest suburbs of Chicago. So they were um, involved with the college from the very beginning to when I went there, and they're still involved now. That's awesome. And then, uh, so do you want more about myself. Yeah. So yeah, so, uh, I'm the current director, first non-paying member to manage the Ozinga Foundation, and. Uh, Ozinga itself, we're right down the road in Mokina, close by Horton here. And uh, we're close to 2,500 employees. Uh, the main core business is Ready Mix Concrete. If you're on the road and you see red and white trucks, that's us, the Red and White Ready Mixers. And uh, yeah, very happy here.
1: Awesome, so Eric, the Ozinga Foundation's been around for, is it almost 30 years now?
2: Yeah, correct, so uh, the Ozinga Company, we'll call it, or the empire, if you will, uh, <laughs> it's 95 years young, we just celebrated our 95th anniversary last Saturday evening we had a picnic, so all the co-workers and their families got to go out and just socialize and spend time with one another. It was a very fun day, just celebrating just the history of the company and then going forward. It is a fifth generation family business. So the current owners are generation four and there are six brothers and a cousin. And in 2012, their, their parents are uh, handed over the company from the third or fourth generation. And the vision is to do the same thing, to go to the fourth generation to a fifth generation business. So this past summer, there were uh, fifth generation mm-hmm. family members interning at the company. Uh, so the company is 95 years young, and the Ozinga Foundation was founded in 1995. Um, mm-hmm. The primary reason there was uh, as the company grew Assets grew, Uh, foundations give you the flexibility to make some larger gifts as well as transfer funds and let them sit and accrue or earn interest uh, versus just always donating from the business account. Mm -hmm. And so in 1995, the owners had a strategy, let's actually create a a foundation, a family foundation. And it's been, uh, been used since then. Very
0: cool. So you have a portal that people can go and request to be considered. Tell us a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, thanks, Robin. Um, So the way that we're structured is uh, there isn't an uh, ozingafoundation.com page. We flow everything through the business, Um, and most of our uh, donations are actually made from the business account. Very few gifts are made from the actual foundation. The foundation has almost become more of an asset holding entity. Um, one of the reasons being is the family tends to be somewhat private in uh, donations so we like to do things anonymously and when you donate through a foundation everything can be seen online you just search Ozinga foundation 990 and you look up our giving history so as a strategy what we've done is we make very very few donations from the actual foundation and most of our gifts come from uh, we call like a donation account of the Ozinga business. Uh, so if you go to, uh, and I'm sure I'll get flooded with requests, it's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> www.ozenga.com giving, uh, it's a web portal we created, which I love. The website itself just holds me accountable and lets the board see how many requests come in and just tracks how long it took to respond. And then it also enables me because I can be forgetful, Where was I at in the process? Did I did we receive the request, and then I reached out and I scheduled a Zoom call, or I'm maybe going out there in person, or is this a request where they're asking for the same amount as last year? We can just approve and fund it. But it enables us to hold me accountable, but then also helps me to see where things are in the process. So as things progress, I update the status and track it that way.
0: Because it's not as easy as just pushing a button. There's a lot of follow-ups, I'm sure.
2: I wish it was easy as putting a button, but it's not.
0: (laughs) So Eric, I am lucky to know you and your family really well. And I know your heart for giving, and I see the generosity that your family has. So what's the most rewarding part, just given that, you personally love to give of working for the Ozinga Foundation?
1: Yeah,
2: so what what I really view kind of as a blessing is I found a vocational call that I do something that I'm very passionate about for a, va- for a family that represents my values. So when, when um, last February, so February of 2022, uh, Ken Cook, who is a close friend of both of ours, he reached out to me and let me know that a job was gonna be opening up Ozinga to look at myself, to be the foundation director. I was like, oh, that sounds like a really cool job. At the time I was doing banking with a primary focus of nonprofit banking and cash management. And I was like, I would just, I would love that. I did fundraising in the past. And I was like, that would be great. So when you work for a family foundation or a company on the giving side, you want to be able to represent their values. And uh, I would just say represent their family really well in all aspects.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And part of that is to make sure that what you would wanna to give to aligns what they'd wanna to give to. Uh, so, stepping further back, the Ozinga family uh, it comes from a Christian reform background, same as myself. Uh, so, the, a strong component of being a Christian is wanting to give back, do better, one of them do that, is tithing. And uh, so, the company is set up, where we tied at least 10% of pre-tax profits to uh, local nonprofit organizations. Um, and our giving is to both faith-based and non-faith-based organizations. That's amazing. Which, thank you. Which is exactly how I do my giving with my wife. So we have well, the majority of our giving will go to churches where our kids go to school, which is a Christian school. But then there's amazing organizations that help individuals with special needs or veterans' causes. And so the giving of Ozinga and their heart really aligned well with mine. So it was almost like a perfect match. Um, and I hope they think the same thing. Yeah. But yeah. So it's really when you our foundation director you have to think of okay is this something that aligns with my core values and then if it does you just kind of have the the privilege of joyful generosity where
0: you
2: know i'm able to you know approve donation requests to just incredible organizations that i myself would not be able to do so i feel like it's i get to give on the behalf of my company but i have a lot of self-pride and joy in what we're doing also
0: Right, because yeah. that 10% is 10% of a big number. Yes, it's yeah. not yeah. a small number. <laughs> yes. really, really cool.
2: Yeah. Uh, and that, how that came about is, uh, so Marty Ozingo, the fourth, he's the current CEO. Uh, I've heard him talk about in 2012 when the third generation passed the company on to the fourth generation. Uh, one of the things that they said was non-negotiable is the giving. So that's something that they were the third generation was doing, their grandparents were doing, their great-grandparents did. Mm-hmm is always giving back. And uh, they really feel that uh, they're stewards of the business and they're stewards of the resources and that the, the cash or the, the money that the company has isn't the owes and good families, it isn't their own, but it's God's. And so one way to glorify him and to serve the crown of his creation, our fellow man, is to be generous with that. So when the, their father took over, or so when their father handed it to the, the current seven owners, uh, they said, All right, your boys are responsible for making money, and I'll be responsible for giving it all away. Oh, yeah. So that was like his joke that I love it. Continue to be profitable so I can continue to give. And so as the company grows, um, where I come to play is I'm able to give more away. So it's
1: kind of fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's great.
1: That's great. I love that notion of non negotiable is the giving. Like you could put that on anything. It looks great and it sounds great. And there's no shortage of nonprofits that are looking for help. And one of the ways that they look for help is from foundations like the you know, Ozinga Foundation. So what, what are some things that nonprofits should know about foundations like yours that they might not know?
2: Yeah, that's an excellent question. Uh, so I, I think that giving is very much a relationship. So we all know that you know it's, it's very difficult to get a yes if there's no connection between the organization and the donor. Mm-hmm. We could spend, uh when I did fundraising, we could write the most beautifully crafted letter right. and you could make the best case about why your organization is worthy of your funds and how we would use them uh, with wise discernment and it's going to be a blessing to the people that it would benefit. But if it's just a letter, it's very difficult because we all get so many letters. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in the course of the day, I might get 12 mail solicitations cool. and then about six requests on our website portal so as a policy we've 100 percent only gone with the website portal route you know we talked about really the benefits of that for us just from a tracking and accountability standpoint
1: yeah that's a lot um, i mean that's like what yeah. 60, 60 a week Woo, minimum yep, a so multiply that by 52 i mean yeah yeah it's, it's a lot there's a lot it's coming in
2: it's fun and challenging so it goes back to relationships so for us the fact that uh we have 2,500 employees rounded. Uh, there's a connection, maybe not with me or the Ozinga family, with our coworkers. Mm-hmm. So on our on our web portal or just from a conversation with coworkers, it might be that the, a coworker has a child with Down syndrome, mm-hmm. and their child goes to an after school program until their parents are working, and they pick them up. And that's a connection right there. That's the relationship we want to make. Right. Like, okay, there's a there's a local nonprofit organization serving individuals special needs and they're being a blessing to our co-workers right uh, or it could be as simple as i know robin's kids every athletic they're on the frankfurt baseball team uh, robin works at ozinga and she submits a request on their behalf for us to sponsor a little league team those are very easy yeses and there's this you know a connection right off the bat okay where where we work where our coworkers live, there's a you know there's an overlap, so we want to support those local ministries that are a blessing to our coworkers. So that's an easy relationship. To more of a personal level, where um, there might be coworkers serving on a board of a nonprofit, and then they introduce me that way to them. So it's it's sure. the easiest thing going back to your hopefully you're I'm answering your question now, is the relationship side, yeah. because there are so many great nonprofit ministries just in, in the Chicagoland area alone. And if someone is just uh, mailing requests or doing a cold call, it's really tough to establish that way. Uh, so I always say, find out who the donor is, or the foundation is, or the organization. What connection can you make? And maybe leverage that. So even if it isn't Ozinga, but it's Horton, for instance, you find out that Robin works there, and you work at a nonprofit and you kind of say, hey, I'd love to get together with you, or could you put me in, in, in touch with whoever manages your corporate giving? Uh, just so I could tell more about the organization. And it might be a not now, maybe mm-hmm. not a no forever because people are busy, but at least that seed has been planted where you've now heard of the organization. So then if they follow up with an email or a LinkedIn connection, you can be like, oh yeah, that was Robin's friend from Frankfurt. So it's very hard just to do it uh, cold turkey, I would say, right the bat. But if there is uh, a connection, I would utilize that first. And then know the organization's values or like maybe what type of organizations they would support. Uh, so our mission statement is to make a positive impact in the community. Mm-hmm. You know, so we're very much focused then on local community giving. Uh, so if we were to receive a request from an amazing organization in Wyoming, I politely would decline it because we do not do business in Wyoming. So right. find out the where and why they give. And a lot of foundations they actually have on their website, we wanna to give to these type of ministries, and these areas, some are very, we're gonna to give to Africa. Okay, mm-hmm. well, I know that I'm in Illinois, I'm not gonna be approved for that request. So use your time and energy to find one that wants to give locally to the Chicago area.
0: That's super helpful. I mean, I think most of us have done some fundraising and it's good to know, like, if you're reaching out, what is it, what's gonna be that right fit? So I think you kind of answered it, but anything you would say about like the, the things you wish applicants knew about the process, Besides that,
2: yeah. Uh, so, what, now that you you know we've made a relationship, maybe we set up a, a Zoom call. I always say before you would submit a request on our donation portal, let's at least have had some interaction with me or someone in the company, um, because once again, it, it'll trigger a memory. Oh yeah, I knew that one was coming in. Or if it's a coworker, I can contact them and say, hey, I got a request, and they put you down as a referral, so mm-hmm. I can get back information there. And then once you're on the portal, you know, okay, someone at Ozinga is aware I'm going to apply, Um, make sure that you follow the steps. Uh, You know, I'm not going to knock on any organizations, but sometimes it's as simple as they didn't upload a W-9 and that's a requirement and they attach some, I've received attachments that aren't even W-9 or it's like an about us page and that's great they uploaded something but they didn't upload the right thing. uh, Necessary for tax purposes. So it's like, okay, now you're gonna have before I even determine if this is a right fit, I would have to reach out to them for a W-9 when that all could have been avoided. So I always say, if you're gonna spend the time to write a grant request, know the organization, know their values, know why they give, and then tweak your message to be crafted around that. So I always say uh, the most important thing is build your case statement. It's a I have a shout out to Barnabas and Strong. He really preaches that. So when when you make your ask, uh, really sell it. Sell, sell your why and the benefits. So there's a real clear and concise understanding of what the donation request is for and how it would benefit the organization or how maybe the funds would be used um, so that it makes it easy for me or someone else in my role to understand, okay, this is where they operate. This is their purpose. This is what their funds are for and then this is kind of their response time. Mm -hmm. So I always, we have in our uh, request portal, when would you, when's your deadline or when would you like an answer by? So I kind of know, okay, this is quick or it's six months down the road, this Mm -hmm. event or this project takes place. I have the time then to set up a Zoom call and we don't have to rush it. One of the things that I know that the Ozinga family, myself and probably most donors, we don't like to feel the pressure of it. You know, it's an urgent request. Uh, Sorry, things fell through. The, the, the you know things fell through, and this event is in two weeks. We're yeah. finalizing our sponsorship page. Can you uh, tell us today? Yeah, can you tell us today when we need to next week? All right. <laughs> that and not saying that you wouldn't get approved, but it makes it less joyful to give in that manner when it feels rushed or it's almost like you're getting a comed bill. And it's, it's, due <laughs> it's due in due. three weeks. Ah, yeah, i got yeah. to pay that bill. You don't have a time to, to connect and learn about one another.
0: Right. And there are some
2: times, though, that an urgent request would be necessary. So if it's a, a local, say, local food pantry mm. and their uh, freezers went kaput. Right. Okay. Well, that's an urgent situation. They're going to reach out to their current donor base saying, you know, thank you for Help. your passport. Mm-hmm, Maybe mm-hmm. thank you. Or you gave it a gift this year. Uh, unfortunately. This really terrible news, our freezers went out, and mm-hmm. we're reaching out to all of our current donors. Mm-hmm. Could you each contribute a 1000 or $5,000 to rebuild our kitchen, rebuild our food pantry? Um, so in those situations, it's like, okay, we need to act now because right. their ministry is in crisis if they don't get a, a working freezer or whatever mm-hmm. fits for the particular organization. They can't fulfill their duties, so we, we want to step up in those situations. Yeah. So if everyone else you know plays the long game when there actually is a crisis situation, It's easier for myself or other foundations to manage. So great question. Very cool.
1: Yeah. I I like that you mentioned it feeling joyful to give. So from a personal standpoint, are there any situations or specific causes that maybe your eyes have been more open to through giving through Ovazinga Foundation?
2: Wow, that's an excellent question. So I'll, uh, I'll start off by saying one of the best parts of my job is every day I hear about some amazing organization, whether it's... You know, we're in southern Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, and we're in the small tip of uh, Michigan or Florida. Well, if it's a Florida organization, I for sure would have never heard of them before. Right. So I get to be blessed with hearing about some great organization from afar mm-hmm. that I've never heard of before. And I would say for myself, uh, being in this role has really uplifted me about Chicago. Mm. In particular, we always hear about high taxes. Right. Uh, violence
0: corruption 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 mm. corruption
2: <laughs> only the good stuff right uh, yeah teachers, <laughs> right
0: yeah and
2: then you and then you um, get the opportunity to uh, meet and learn about so many organizations close to where we live and do business that are serving uh, you know children of Chicago that are in such need whether it's an after-school program or a mentorship program there are so many incredible people, incredible organizations that never make the news. It's always yeah. a shooting starts the news. I wish they would start with, you know, local organization X served 45 kids over the weekend or local organization provided, you know, turkeys for 2000 people because those are out there. And unfortunately, negative press sells and that's what we hear. Mm-hmm. But there are, Chicago particular has, so much good going on that flies under the radar. So I, I appreciate the question, Tom, because I've been so blessed and uplifted by meeting so many different people and organizations. There's just so much good out in the world that unfortunately doesn't get
0: highlighted. Yeah, I, that's so neat. And I just, I can only imagine the, the good things that you get to see in your inbox every day. And so stop watching the news. The whole reason for this podcast is positive yeah. and uh get this out to the masses and maybe we can change that, yes, uh, that narrative yeah, a little yeah. bit. But Eric, I thought of one other thing because my dad actually was in concrete construction. So I know we've talked a lot about the financial donations. Do you ever do in-kind donations?
2: Yeah, great question, Robin. Uh, probably the funnest uh, approval we can send is if someone were to request uh, material support, whether that's uh, concrete or aggregate stone or sand. Um, being able to partner with on a project. So someone would apply the same way they would for a monetary donation. They go to the website, but as opposed to requesting financial support in the form of cash, they tell us about their project. Um, so they typically will share who the general contractor is about the, normally most times a building project. And you know, if this is approved, uh, if the campaign goes through, we'll be able to go from serving 180 people a year to 250 people a year. Um, so on the higher uh, cubic yards, as we refer to in the concrete world, the more cubic yards, and more concrete supplies needed. It kind of goes from uh, a re- to a rebate process where let's just say someone's looking to uh, build a new school mm-hmm. and it's, uh, we'll say, $500,000 of concrete. We do an analysis. All right, what would be our profit from that? And then we have a commitment to tithing at least 10% of local nonprofits. So the starting point for them would be, they would receive the 10% tithe mm-hmm. on their profit that they were paying for. So kind of tied back right. directly to organization. And then for smaller jobs, so if, um, let's just say, it's a good example, with a local VFW, they mm-hmm. need a new handicap ramp, we would just do, you know, we review and possibly accept a 100% donation account. because so it's a smaller job, just fully donate the project itself. And the reason I like those the most is because sometimes we get invited out to a grand opening afterwards yeah. and you can actually kind of go see the physical impact you made. You stand there and be like,
0: oh, this right. is pretty cool.
2: Ozinga played a role in this building being put up or part of the foundation, which people typically don't see concrete, but we, we know it's there. Yeah,
0: yeah and, that's uh, I mean.
2: It's fun to go and visit properties where we we partnered on. Yeah. So thanks for having It's me. really
1: outside the box too, which is so cool yeah. and so different from what, you know, most people would think is possible. So just even knowing that that's an option where you could present that or propose that is super super cool.
0: Well, Eric, we're so glad to have had you here. I think what's cool is that this is great to learn about the Ozinga Foundation, but also for our nonprofits that are tuning into the podcast today, just how you're gonna approach foundations mm-hmm. like yours, I think, is really cool. I do believe you're gonna have an influx of uh, okay. of asks yeah. in your inbox. That's and good. I'm so excited for you to yeah. you know, hear what else is happening yeah. in the in the community. So yeah. thank you so much. I really appreciate you being a part of it.
2: Thanks, Robin, and thanks, Horton. It was an honor to be here and I wish you all the best.